Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. It is a minute before 3 o'clock on a Monday afternoon on KKLA and KPRZ. This is Southern California Live. I'm Bob Lapine. Welcome. The uh, very first Southern California Live program of the Advent season 2021. Yesterday was the uh, first Sunday in Advent. Does your church do, by, by the way, it's just you and me this hour. It, it, you are, we're together, don't have a guest, so we're going to do all the talking uh, ourselves. And if you want to join in the conversation at any point, we'd love to uh, to have you join us. The number is 888-52-TALKS. I'm, I'm curious whether your church acknowledges or or uh, does anything with Advent? Do you have an Advent wreath as a part of your worship service? Do you, do you sing Advent songs? Did they mention yesterday that it's the first Sunday in Advent? Do, maybe maybe this is new to you. I mean, for a lot of people who didn't grow up in a liturgical church background, Advent kind of sounds like one of those things that those high church people do. Well, Advent, very simply, that the word means uh, coming, it, it, it's the expectation we're we're preparing ourselves to celebrate the birth of Christ, His first coming. We're also reminding ourselves of His second coming, and preparing ourselves for that as well. Longing, you know, and it, the, the first announcement of the birth of Jesus comes in Genesis chapter three, verse fifteen, when God says to the woman about the serpent that her seed will one day crush the head of the serpent. That's the first announcement that a a son, a child of Eve, would somehow do away with evil, put to death the enemy. That's the first announcement. And from that point until Jesus is born, there's a long, there are long millennia of waiting People wondering, when will God send a deliverer? When will there be a Messiah? When will there be someone like Moses to deliver us? When will there be a new king like David to rule and reign? And so there was all this longing and expectation for hundreds, thousands of years until Jesus was born. Now we're in the season after his first advent, where we are waiting for his second advent and the Christmas season as we prepare to celebrate his first coming reminds us of his promise of a second coming. And it's been hundreds, even thousands of years since the promise was made, but we still wait faithfully just as they waited for his first coming. And that's what Advent is there to remind us of. So at our church, where it's it's required, I'm, I'm the one who requires this, I require that we sing on the first Sunday in Advent, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and come thou long-expected Jesus. Those are two hymns of the Christmas season, really Advent hymns that are all about preparing for the coming. And 
I'm a little, I'm aware of the fact that in a lot of churches today, people would go, I've never heard those songs. And I'm thinking, well, we need to refresh you a little bit. We need to bring you up to speed with what our brothers and sisters have sung for hundreds of years and maybe revisit some of these great Advent hymns. So I want to talk about that. I want to talk about whether, well, here's what I want to hear from you about. First of all, is your church doing anything to acknowledge Advent? Do you wish they were, or are you glad that they are? Or do you, do you somehow see it as it shouldn't be our focus? But, but more than that, I want to know, I'm, I'm going to tell you later on this hour what I think is the greatest Christmas song ever written. Because I think there's one, one Christmas hymn, Christmas carol, that stands head and shoulders above all of the others. There's, there are great songs about Christmas, great songs about the birth of Christ. There's one that I think is the greatest of all the Christmas songs. And I'll tell you what that is, but I want to know if you agree with me. So you can you can call in and nominate your favorite Christmas songs at 888-52-TALKS. And, and then I also want to know what you're doing in your home with your family during these weeks leading up to Christmas to intentionally make sure that the focus of your home is on the reason for the Christmas season. It is a perpetual, ongoing battle for us to be, uh, to be trying to, to keep the birth of Christ at the center of our our activities during the Christmas season. So I want to know what you're doing. Are you doing anything special? Do you have any maybe traditions that you've done for years? Maybe there's something somebody's told you about and you're trying it this year. Help all of us figure out how we can make the weeks leading up to the birth of Christ more Christ-centered and Christ-focused and less distracted by Hallmark movies and by the gift list that we're working our way through. So 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557, the number to call to join us. And and before we get to that, I'm just wondering if you saw this weekend about the new truck that Oscar Rodriguez got. Did you see this? This was all over... um, it's all over social media, and and here's the story behind it. Uh, Dwayne Johnson, you know, The Rock, the actor, has got a new movie that has just come out on Netflix. What's it called? Red something. Red Red Notice. That's what it is. Red Notice, and it's it's blowing up, and so it, it's a big deal. Well, apparently, he did a screening of the movie uh, for a select group of fans at a movie theater. Last week, I think this was last week. Yeah, so it got everybody together. They watched the movie, and then he comes out at the end and greets everybody. Hey, great to see you all. And he had decided he was going to do this ahead of time, had it all worked out. But he comes out and he says, uh, I, I just want, I've, we've been finding out a little bit about all you guys and who's here. This is all happening in the L.A. area. Uh, and, and I just want, he says, I want to, Call out one guy who's here, Navy veteran who's here at the theater today, Oscar Rodriguez. Oscar, stand up, brother. So Oscar is astounded. He's a big Dwayne Johnson fan. 
never expected this. Was just glad to be in the same room with The Rock. But now he's getting called down. And so uh, so he comes down. And, and Dwayne, uh, in talking about it, says the reason that he called out Oscar is because Oscar, this is, this is what Dwayne po- posted on uh, Instagram, Oscar exemplifies being nice and kind to his core. Dwayne Johnson says, I always say it's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. And he says, Oscar exemplifies being nice and kind to his core. He takes care of his 75-year-old mama. He's a personal trainer. He's a leader in his church. That's the West Side Church in Culver City. He supports and provides meals for women who are victims of domestic violence. He's a good, caring, grateful human being. As I found out, he's also involved in a film project. We'll talk more about that later. But Oscar comes down. Dwayne says, hey, I just want to call you out. You're a good guy. You're you're a nice guy. You're committed to doing good things. And I just wanted to recognize that. Gives him a big hug. And Oscar thinks this is cool. Dream come true. And then Dwayne says, let's come here. I want to show you something. So they go out of the theater, out into the parking lot. And Dwayne takes him over to his pickup truck. And he says, I'm here, I got a note for you in the pickup truck. And he hands Oscar this note, a sealed envelope, Oscar on the outside. He opens it and it says, thanks for being a great guy, Oscar. Enjoy your new truck. And Oscar goes, what, what do you mean? And Dwayne says, I'm giving you my truck, my pride and joy, my customized Ford truck. I'm giving it to you. Dwayne later said that he had originally been thinking that he'd get a, um, apparently he drives a red Porsche in the, the, the movie. And he was thinking maybe Porsche will kick in a, a Porsche and I can give it to somebody. Porsche said, no, we'll, <laughs> we'll pass on that. So Dwayne said, I was not going to be deterred. So I said, I'm going to give away my truck, my personal truck. So he hands him the keys and Oscar drives off. In his brand new truck, this is, you you can Google Oscar Rodriguez and you can see the video of this that was shot with a number of iPhone cameras. But it's a, it's a great story, and I, I was I was mentioning that Oscar is involved with a, in addition to being a personal trainer, active in his local church, he's involved with a group called Screenland Entertainment. They're making films themselves. Oscar uh, has done some acting and. Uh, is a producer. They're working on a, a movie called The David Project that's in production that is a contemporary urban telling of the biblical story of David. So that's underway with them right now. So congratulations, Oscar, on your new truck. Well done. So 888-52-TALKS is the number to call if uh, if we want to talk uh, about Christmas and about Advent. And And what was that you had for me? What would you say? Oh, we do. Okay, we've got part of the video. So let's listen to a little bit of this. Let's listen to um, the interaction between Dwayne and Oscar as the truck was handed out. Thank you for your service, brother. Enjoy your new truck. What the heck is happening? Get out of here, bro. Oh, my God. You do 
a lot of good for people, man. You do a lot of good for people. I thought this was your truck, bro. It is my truck. What do you mean? That was your truck. <laughs> this is my personal truck. It's yours now. Yo, what the heck? <laughs> Yeah, start her up. Yo, I can't see, can't tell you how many times I see you in this truck. This is my, my baby. You do a lot of good for people, brother. The gym, the church, your mom, women. Women who need that support, who are going through it. This is amazing. <laughs> Yo, my girlfriend's gonna trip. <laughs> look, look, look. No, no, hey, put the video. Put the camera back on. Look who I'm hanging out with. So now he's called his called his girlfriend. Hey. <laughs> and now she sees Dwayne in the FaceTime video. <laughs> Thank you, bro. It's just love, okay, you know? So now you get a chance. You can, you can watch it all online. It's, it's fun to see. Congratulations, Oscar, on your new truck. And uh, keep serving the Lord, brother. All right. 888-52-TALKS. We're talking about Advent and about Christmas. And we want to hear from you about favorite Christmas hymns or carols. Your What what do you think is the best one? I'll tell you what I think is the best one here in a minute. But we've got a caller on the line with us from Winnetka. Welcome to Southern California Live. Hi there, Bob. Hi, who's this? My name's Terry. I'm calling hey, Terry. from Winnetka. Nice to have you. Thank you. You have a you have a favorite Christmas song, Christmas Carol? I I I have a favorite, but it's not the one I'm gonna suggest. Okay. Um, my New Testament professor always preferred Hark the Herald. He well I will tell you most, Yes, I will tell you your New Testament professor is correct. That is the the most theologically, yeah. the most astute, the richest of the Christmas her- carols, so I, I will give him or her a gold star for that uh, that suggestion. Who's your New Testament professor? His name was Robert Gundry. Oh, wait, yes. At Westminster? At Westmont College. At Westmont College. All right. Well, yes. he, he's absolutely right. But you have a different one that you want to select? Um, no, I was going to talk to you about uh, music for the first Sunday of Advent. Um, Gundry's reason for liking that carol is, he says... It is the most theological of the carols. Um, my own personal favorite is much more humble than that. Um, but for well, well, Advent, what, what is that? What's your favorite? Oh, my favorite is Silent Night. <laughs> and a beautiful carol it is. We're not going to minimize Silent Night just because yes. it doesn't have the same theological depth as Hark the Herald Angels no, Sing. No, it, it is very good for children, though. Yes. Especially good for children. Yes. Um, for Advent 1, um, I would suggest, Lo, He Comes with Clouds Descending. Now, my choir director and I have an ongoing disagreement about this hymn. We disagree about which tune should be used. Uh, he, he would say, if you're looking at an Episcopal hymnal, he would say, uh, hymn number one number 58 yes. is the tune that should be used. And 
I think it should be him number 57, but he will never do that. <laughs> okay, so I don't know which page number it is, but I grew up singing, Lo, he comes with clouds descending. Is that uh, the one? Lo, he comes with clouds descending. Lowly we kneel in prayer for thy throne. Um, yeah, that's that's the tune I would suggest. That's fifty-seven. Mm-hmm. It's it's an old British standby. He says it's not. Uh, it, it can't be used for a processional. Well, they managed to do it over there, so that's our <laughs> that's our disagreement. So. Uh, and and explain for everybody why "Lo, He Comes with Clouds Descending" is an Advent hymn that we sing at Christmas time. Um, because we are looking for his second coming mm-hmm. in that direction. He's not going to be uh, born as a baby again. Uh, he's coming in triumph in the clouds. And that really, that's the Advent season is designed for just that, to remind us that his first coming signals his his second coming as well. The, the hymn, Lo, he cl- comes with clouds descending, once for favored sinners slain, thousands, thousands, saints attending, swell the triumph of his train, alleluia, 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 God appears on earth to reign. Really is a beautiful uh, cry of our heart to say, Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus, right? Yes, that's the double metaphor of of um, the Advent season. Yes, we are looking forward to Christmas tide, and we we remember His coming, and we we do want to uh, be ready for His coming at Christmas time. That's why Advent is a season of penitential character. But we're also looking forward to His second coming. Uh, with clouds descending. Hmm. So did you grow up with this liturgical tradition and with Advent being a part of, of your your experience, or is this new to you? Uh, no, I, I started attending a more liturgical church when I was in college. Um, I, I did attend a, a Lutheran church for a couple of years when I was in grade school, but I I attended a lot of different churches, and I never attended uh, during the confirmation year for any particular church, which was very good in a way for me. Um, it allowed me to appreciate the advantages and the emphases in in different congregations and to make my choice later on. So how long has Advent been a part of your your celebration of the Christmas season, of Christmas tide, as you said. I appreciated you calling it Christmas tide. How long has this been a part of that for you? Well, I'm 68 now, and I started attending an Episcopal church when I was 21. So okay. I'll let anyone do the math who wishes. <laughs> and and tell me how, well, first of all, are you, are you a, I mean, some people are strict about this. They will not sing songs about the birth of Jesus until after Christmas Eve. Are you one of those? No. And and Um, you don't wait to put up your tree until Christmas Eve? I'll be flexible enough to have fun anywhere. (laughs) I mean, it is interesting. You know, there there are those who who would uh, argue for 
uh, all we should sing is songs of expectation now. We sing, the, we sing joy to the world. Uh, the Lord has come on Christmas Day and not before. And oh, the yeah. reason for the 12 days of Christmas is you, you wait and wait and wait during the Christmas season, and then you celebrate for 12 days after that. Th- oh. Those are the 12 days of Christmas, the days following. But, That's uh, true. I'm sure but, my priest would prefer it that way. <laughs> but we have to uh, we have to uh, yield to uh, the conventions of the culture we're in sometimes, don't we? Yes, I I tell him that that that's fine. I will I will observe his preferences, <laughs> and I do. Well, I'm grateful for your call this afternoon. It's interesting to hear your thoughts on on this, and I'm I'm glad you brought up again a hymn text that I think a lot of people it's unfamiliar to a lot of people. Lo, he comes with clouds descending, and and I'm I'm on a little bit of a a soapbox here because I I think in fact we're going to talk about this in the second hour. Justin Unger is going to join us in the second hour. I think in modern worship we have left behind um, some things that ought not be left behind and, and need to be revisited. I, I think in a lot of our churches, there is a, um, there's a deficit because of some of the historical elements of the worship of the church over time that have been discarded. And I think they need to be uh, revisited. So We'll we'll talk more about this again. You're the guest today uh, in this first hour of Southern California Talks. Our number is eight 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 fifty two talks eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. I'd love to hear about favorite Christmas carols, traditions, what you're doing to keep Christ at the center of the Christmas season in your home. Any activities or traditions that you do, maybe that your kids have caught on to that has have become special for you? That's what we're going to talk about in this first hour. Again, the number 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. We'll take a time out and be back to continue the conversation about Christmas and Advent right after this. It is 27 after 3 on Southern California Live on KKLA and KPRZ. I'm Bob Lapine. We're talking about the Advent season, about Christmas, about traditions, about great hymns like that one. There's Phil Wickham singing, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. The lyrics to that, by the way, are 1,200 years old from the 8th or 9th century. And the, the melody, the one we're most familiar with, is maybe 150 years old. But those words have been sung by Christians throughout the years during this Advent season. And we're talking about rich Christmas hymns. Uh, Dora, uh, Dora's on the line with us from Downey. And Dora, you, you've got a favorite Christmas hymn, one that stands out for you, right? Right. What is it? Oh, Holy Night. Tell me about why that is such a meaningful hymn for you. It's just the words. The words are just so magnificent, so self-explanatory. Hmm. I, one of the things I love about A Holy Night is is um, the second verse that gets into, truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love. His gospel is peace. Chains shall he break for the slave is our brother. And in his name, all oppression shall cease. It's really a focus on 
the, the reality of justice, which, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in our contemporary world, the whole idea of, of God coming to bring justice on earth has kind of been, it's, it's become a political issue or a social issue. God, God is a God of justice, and he loves justice, and he comes to bring it. And a hymn like that is a reminder that, that yes, he come to loose our chains and to bring justice on the earth. What a wonderful, wonderful hymn. Do you have a favorite version of it, somebody you like to hear sing it particularly, or do they uh, sing that at your church regularly? No, I, I don't know. I think most anybody who sings it mm-hmm. comes from the heart. I I grew up hearing Nat King Cole sing it, and of course, uh-huh. what a wonderful voice he has! It, it's a great oh, hymn, absolutely. Dora. Thank you for calling in, and thanks for sharing that with us. Carol is on the line from Costa Mesa with a a favorite Christmas hymn. Have Carol, welcome. I think we've got Carol. Uh, Carol, I think uh, not yet. Have we got? Can we punch up Carol here, guys? There we go. Carol, you're on now. This one, Mary, did you know? Yeah. But I also love Handel's Messiah, if that <laughs> could be one kill. <laughs> yes, Handel's Messiah. What an interesting story about that as well, because, you know, Handel wrote that in a compressed period of time. What a, an amazing work that he wrote over, I want to say, like a, a six-week period or something. He just churned it out. 24 days. That, that, yeah, I, I was going to say 24 days. I was going to say three weeks, and I thought, no, that can't be right. But I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, 24 days to write that magnificent oratorio. And uh, is there a particular – I mean, we, we, we all think of, like, For Unto Us a Child is Born as the Christmas song from Handel's Messiah. And, of course, the Hallelujah Chorus we, we love. Any, any of other parts of, of the Messiah that are a favorite for you? Oh, it just goes through so many prophecies in Isaiah. I love them. Um, and uh, like a tender shepherd leading, mm-hmm. um, I'm forgetting that exact word, but like a tender shepherd, he leads yeah. us. He will lead his flock like a shepherd, and he will gather them in his arms. I, I love when they sing... Um, the people that walk in... I'm not going to do it because I'd, I'd butcher it. The people yeah. who walked in darkness have seen a great light. These are, again, the text of the Messiah is is Scripture put to music. And and that's when you're listening to Handel's Messiah, you're hearing passages from Scripture set to magnificent music. And certainly at Christmas, it's a, it's a treat. But Mary, did you know, tell me, tell me about why that's a favorite of yours. Yeah, I really like the fact that it gets into just experiencing what Jesus did. Did you know? And it's a question yeah. that we can all ask. Do, do you really know that Jesus is the one that will deliver you? I mean, the, the child that you deliver, he will deliver you, um, that he walked on water, that he healed the lame and the blind and that it goes through many beautiful uh, works that Jesus did. And no way that Mary could have known all that was to come. I mean, she, she had, the angel had told her who this would be, but, but for her Mm -hmm. to then see um, her son grow up and to watch him, 
emerge as the Messiah and to see his great works and to hear his words and and then to marvel at the fact that that uh, this is the same baby that she held in her arms. It, the, the paradox of Christmas is that paradox that into a world he created, he comes as as a baby, that, that he is coming to his own world, but he's coming as a helpless baby. And uh, that's that's quickly become, I think, if, if we were to say over the last 30 years, is there a Christmas hymn that has emerged as one that will still be sung 100 years from now? I think, Mary, did you know, maybe one of those that churches are still singing uh, 100 years from now. Carol, thank you for calling and thanks for sharing uh, that hymn with us. We've got another Carol from Van Nuys on with us. Welcome, Carol. Hi. Um, yeah, Hark to Hill has been my favorite since I was little because I grew up with a lot of stuff, and that song helped me through a lot. But anyways, you mentioned the 12 Days of Christmas, yes. and actually that song was created when Christians were being persecuted in England, in particular Catholics, because that song had in the things that had to refer to the Christian faith, such as the Gospels, Jesus, the 12 gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I think most people don't realize that each of those parts of that song symbolize a part of the basic areas of the faith of the Christian faith. That's int- I don't know that I've heard the story behind that. That uh, I mean, I, again, I know about the celebration of the 12 days, but for the song yeah, to have emerged well, like during a time of... Yeah, like the partridge in a pear tree, obviously it refers to Jesus, and right. the, um, I don't remember if it's the four turtle doves, or four French hands, whatever it is, they represent the four Gospels, so but yeah, each one represents a different part of the Christian faith. And That would be the four yeah, calling birds that are the four evangelists, four calling that's right. Birds, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. To the four Gospels, yeah. Well, you mentioned, and I mentioned, Hark the Herald Angels Sing as as what I think is is the greatest of the Christmas hymns. And I I just want to read, I, I want to read the lyrics because we sing this so familiarly that we we can lose sight of the rich depth that is here. Charles Wesley wrote this hymn, and and the lyrics are Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Glory to the Newborn King, Peace on Earth and Mercy Mild, God and Sinner reconciled. What a declaration. The gospel being declared at the birth yeah. of Christ. Joyful. Well, all the nations God, rise. Yeah. Join the triumph of the skies. With the angelic host proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Join your voice with those voices. Goes on to say, uh, Christ by highest heaven adored. Christ the everlasting Lord. Late in time, behold him come, offspring of the virgin's womb. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity, pleased with us in flesh to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. And of course, the last verse, hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace, hail the Son of Righteousness, light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings, mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. I mean, I, that that you could do a, a a Bible study on that hymn. You could sing that and meditate on the lyrics of that hymn, as I've done many times. It's just such a thrilling, yeah. thrilling hymn. 
and uh, I love it. You you picked some good ones, Carol. Thank you. Well, God and Sinners Reconciled is what yes. really stuck with me since, like, third grade, because I went through a lot growing up, and that song just stuck with me. Because a few years before that, I just remember asking Jesus, who are you? And ever since then, he little here and there, he's been showing me who he is. Hmm. So so the, the idea that God and sinners are reconciled had an impact on you early? Very much, yes. What, can, can you share with us what kind of, what, what you were going through, a little bit of it? Oh, I went through a lot of different kinds of abuse growing up. And my family quit going to church, but I wanted to go to church. I have six siblings, well, seven, one died at child, at, before he was born, you know, miscarriage. But, um, but I remember being in the church, and I grew up in the Catholic Church, um, and I just knew this is my home. Mm-hmm. And that's all I kept feeling was this is my home. This is where I'm safe. This is where I'm protected. And that's what I felt every time I was in church. Mm-hmm. And whenever my grandmother went to church, of course, we went with her, and I was more than happy than anyone to go. Mm-hmm. But that's what I always felt. And my children, when they grew up, they said the same thing. They're like, this is our dinner table, you know, whenever mm-hmm. we had communion there. and So it's just like just really stuck with me and helped me through a lot. Carol, thank you. Thanks for calling in this afternoon. Our lines are open at 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. If you'd like to join us, we're talking about favorite Christmas songs. We're talking about the traditions of Christmas. I'd really like to know what it is you're doing at your home this Christmas season to keep Jesus at the center. Are there things you're reading? Are there activities you're involved with? I'll tell you, when we come back, I'll tell you about what a family I know does every year at Christmas that has just become a wonderful tradition for them. We'll do that after this time out. Keep listening. You're, you're listening to Southern California Live on KKLA and KPRZ. Welcome back to Southern California Live, Monday afternoon. That's Amy Grant singing O Come, or no, not O Come, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Uh, That was recorded in Colorado in the middle of the summer. They were up recording the Christmas album then, as I remember, and she said it was a little hard to get in the Christmas spirit, but uh, what a wonderful hymn of, of the faith. We're talking about favorite Christmas songs and about how you keep Christmas central to your holiday Marilyn is on the line with us in Westminster. Marilyn, welcome. What's your favorite Christmas song? Do you have one? Um, well, the one I thought of was, Oh, Come All You Faithful, but that's all I remembered was the first line. I don't remember the rest of the verse. <laughs> <laughs> Joyful and triumphant, come ye, come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the king of angels. Oh, come, let us adore him. You know, I, I think the chorus of that, oh, come, let us adore him, is one that just kind of plays on loop in our in our minds during the Christmas season. And certainly if there is a message for us in the Christmas season, it is that, oh, come, let us adore him. Um, and, and I think for a lot of people, I think there are a lot who would resonate with that as the, maybe the most beloved Christmas hymn. I don't know. Have you, there's a new song. Our church sang this last year during the Advent season. 
um, called O Come All You Unfaithful. Have you heard that? No. That's a yeah, so let, let, let me read the lyrics to you because, uh, and, and this is one that you could uh, dig up. In fact, maybe, Wilbert, maybe you can pull up uh, a version of O Come All You Unfaithful and we can play a little bit of that here. But uh, the lyrics are, O come all you unfaithful, come weak and unstable, come know you're not alone, O come barren and waiting ones, weary of praying, come see what your God has done. Christ is born, Christ is born, Christ is born for you. Come bitter and broken, come with fears unspoken, come taste of his perfect love. Oh, come guilty and hiding ones. There's no need to run. See what your God has done. Christ is born for you. You know, the, the, the thing I love about that new hymn that we, again, sang a lot last year is that that's who we are. We are the uh, unfaithful, the weak, the unstable, the, the ones who are weary of praying, who are bitter and broken and who are fearful. And God says, come, come and see what I've done for you. I've sent a Messiah who is, the, the chorus says, he's the lamb who was given, slain for our pardon. His promise is peace for those who believe. Uh, and, and so come, though you have nothing, he is the offering. Come see what your God has done. It's a, it's a beautiful kind of a twist on, on the fact that, that we, we come as faithful ones, but we're all broken people too, aren't we? Um, yes, we're all broken, but yeah. he's always faithful. And that's what stuck in my head. It's, oh, come, are ye faithful? Yeah. Meaning him, not... Oh, he's, he's the faithful one. That's right. Marilyn, thank you for calling in, and thanks for sharing with us. Lines are open at 888-52-TALKS. We want to hear about favorite Christmas hymns or about what you're doing during the Christmas season to keep Christ at the center of it in your family. I have these friends, and they've been doing this for a number of years, mom and dad and four kids, um, what, what they do is on the 24 days leading up to Christmas from December 1st to December 24th, they have, they, they have a, a calendar of people they're going to intentionally bless. So for example, on Tuesday, which is trash day in their neighborhood, uh, they will roll their trash cans out to the curb but on top of the trash can, they put a note that they taped to the trash can and a bag of cookies for the people who are coming around gathering the trash and just say, because of what Jesus has done for us, we want to bless you. Have a Merry Christmas. They take a pizza to the local fire station or a couple of pizzas, and they, they work this out ahead of time so that pizza doesn't just show up. But they say, we want to, we want to bring dinner for you at the firehouse tonight. Thank you for what you've done. Uh, they will go and find ways that they can serve. If it snows, they go and shovel people's driveways. But they've mapped out for 24 days, here's, here's what we're going to do. Here's who we're going to work to intentionally bless. And they've made that a part of their rhythm. And the Christmas season for them, those kids every day can't wait to go be a blessing to somebody. Now, if that's what is dominating your thinking during the month of December, I think you're on the right track, right? As opposed to all of the things we can get sidetracked with, all of the activities that can distract us. If we can be thinking about how to intentionally bless others, all of a sudden Christmas takes on a new meaning. One year when 
our our oldest two, our daughters, were five and I think they were five. No, it had to be six and three. I think we just had our son, but Marianne took our six-year-old and our three-year-old. And the three of them, Marianne and Amy and Katie, all memorized Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. I didn't know anything about this. And so on Christmas Eve, they sat me down and said, Daddy, we have a present for you for Christmas, a Christmas Eve present. And again, I didn't know what was coming. And we've got, with the video camera from from back in the day, when you couldn't just whip out your phone and record this, you had to go get the video camera. We still have the video of, of these precious daughters reciting, uh, memorized the birth story from Luke chapter 2. You know, and, and in those days, Caesar Augustus ordered a census to be taken. The, what we're familiar with, what Charlie Brown uses in a Charlie Brown Christmas. Is there a passage of scripture that you and your family could memorize together during the Christmas season? Maybe that's the one. Maybe that's a way to be intentionally focusing your hearts on the coming of Christ during Christmas. It, it's not going to happen on its own. You, you understand that, right? You are not going to have Christ be at the center of your holiday unless you purpose for that to be the case. Because there's so much pulling you in other directions and saying, check this out. Here's where your focus should be. Here's what's important. Unless you are making it a priority, it's not going to be a priority. So be be thinking through what you can do, what your family can do, how you can keep Christ central to your holiday celebration. Uh, I've heard of um, the tradition where uh, families will focus on what gift can we give to God during the Christmas season? Not not a tangible gift, right? It's not that we have something to offer God, something that he created that we're giving back to him. You remember in, in 2 Samuel 24, where David says he would not give a sacrifice to God that costs him nothing? Maybe the gift you need to give to God at Christmas is the gift of forgiving somebody that you've been harboring bitterness toward, pursuing reconciliation. Maybe the gift you need to give to God at Christmas is a commitment to spending time with him every day. Maybe that's the most important gift you can focus on during the season. Do you have a devotional book that you read as a family? Do you have an Advent devotional? There are a number of them that are out. There are many online devotionals that you can get for free. You can get emails sent to you every day with a devotional, Advent devotional in them. Maybe that's something you read out loud at the at the breakfast table or at the dinner table. Or read Luke chapter 2. Read the Christmas story. Do you set up a nativity scene in your home? If you do... Um, do you, do you put out different pieces leading up to Christmas? That's one of the ways that families keep it interactive is you put up the manger, but you don't put out the pieces. And then gradually you start to add the, the various pieces, the shepherds and the donkeys. And you do that. Maybe you have an Advent calendar that you use. Maybe you take your family or a group from your church 
and you go sing Christmas carols at a nursing home or if if you can do it in some kind of a care facility or a, a children's hospital, take gifts to kids who are in the children's hospital. The, the, the point is, we if we're going to make Christmas what it ought to be in our hearts heading into this season, we're going to have to do that purposefully and intentionally. One of the things we've done this year is uh, we have provided Christmas gifts to school children. This is something our church did, Christmas gifts for school children at a school in the Dominican Republic. These are kids with lower income settings. The Christmas gifts we're giving to them include things like crayons and paper, which they are thrilled to have, and toothbrushes and toothpaste, things that they don't always have available. How can we bless others? That's where our focus ought to be at Christmas. We're going to continue talking about Christmas and worship. Justin Unger is going to join us in the next hour. You're listening to Southern California Live on KKLA and KPRZ. Stay with us.